Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder? Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not so distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So, pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Podcast, I must preface my tale by painting you a picture of our house. This was no ordinary or modern abode. It was a large, two-story relic from another era, complete with aged wooden floors that groaned underfoot and an imposing entrance flanked by a grand staircase. There was a secondary staircase located at the back of the house, considerably smaller yet still steeped in the antiquated charm that permeated the entire building. In this house, there were about six of us residing, including one of my closest friends, who was the initial renter. Our house was a constant hub of activity, frequented by countless friends and acquaintances who would gather to revel in the vibrant atmosphere we had cultivated. It was a place of joyous celebration, where the laughter and music echoed off the aged wooden panels. Yet, as I'm about to recount, it also concealed a far darker, more eerie side. One particular night, as we were preparing for another of our infamous parties, a group of girls paused outside the house. They were gazing up at the windows, their faces etched with unease. When asked why they were reluctant to enter, they confessed to feeling frightened. I attempted to reassure them, proclaiming, it's a big house, but nothing bad in there. I honestly believed it, for up until then I had never felt any malevolent presence. However, that night after the festivities had subsided and everyone had drifted off to sleep, my own skepticism was severely put to the test. I awoke abruptly to find an ominous black shadow looming over me. I glanced around, but the room was silent and my friends were all fast asleep, oblivious to the dark entity. It had the distinct shape of a face and a harsh buzzing sound accompanied it, along with a high-pitched ringing in my ears. Paralyzed by fear, I could hardly breathe, let alone move. I mustered the courage to order it off, and to my surprise it obeyed, slowly floating towards the door before disappearing through it. With adrenaline pumping through my veins, I jumped out of bed and rushed to wake my friend, the one who had rented the house. I blurted out my experience, but his reaction was far from what I had expected. With a calm demeanor belying his freshly awakened state, he simply said, You saw the ghost. It watches me every night. His nonchalance was chilling. But what truly left me dumbstruck was the fact that he had withheld this piece of information all along. In the bright light of day, as I recounted my encounter, my friend confirmed my worst fears. He casually admitted that he had been aware of the ghost for some time now, and he wasn't just familiar with its presence. He claimed it watched him every night, standing by the door. After that incident, the house never felt quite the same. Although I didn't have another direct encounter with the ghost, 
The eerie creaks and peculiar sounds of marbles rolling on the ceiling became far more noticeable. Yet, despite the unnerving atmosphere, we continued to live there, carrying on with our parties and daily lives, always aware of the invisible spectator that shared our living space. Greetings to the listeners of our beloved podcast. Allow me to regale you with a tale that occurred within the confines of my domestic daycare center. A narrative so strange, you may find it hard to believe. Yet I assure you, it is as real as the sun that shines in the sky. My daycare center is situated in my humble home. A place filled with laughter, joy, and the innocent banter of children. One particular afternoon, post the feeding frenzy that is lunchtime, the unusual events began revolving around a certain four-year-old girl in my care. She emerged from the hallway bathroom, her eyes wide and filled with a curious mixture of fear and excitement. With the innocence typical of her age, she darted into the living room, daily activities momentarily forgotten, and breathlessly announced her encounter with a ghost. She claimed the spectral apparition took the form of a little girl, who gave chase until she managed to elude its pursuit. Her declaration was made all the more eerie due to the fact that it was only the children and I in the house at the time. The four-year-old then progressed into the playroom and professed to a second supernatural sighting. This time she alleged to have seen a man. When I questioned her about the man's identity, she confidently stated his name as Martin. The revelation was deeply unsettling as it echoed a tragic tale from the house's past. In the 1980s, a man had indeed passed away within these walls, and his last name was remarkably Martin. I had never mentioned this unfortunate circumstance to the children, making it impossible for her to stumble upon this information previously. The little girl's narrative took a further eerie turn when she mentioned seeing a lady ghost alongside the man. She suggested they were on the brink of engaging in the intimate act of a kiss. Around a year prior to this incident, the same little girl had exhibited deviant behavior. She had been seen playing with another little girl, which would not have been peculiar, except she was the sole individual present in the room at the time. My own offspring have also reported experiencing inexplicable occurrences. My 18-year-old daughter, for instance, has attested to observing a dark, nebulous fog suspended in the air of our living room, disquietingly close to the room where Mr. Martin met his demise. She recalls further instances of visualizing a figure standing in the hallway by the bathroom. Adding to the spectral encounters, our family dog often stands in my bedroom doorway, barking ceaselessly into the empty hallway. My 16-year-old son, too, has had his share of odd encounters. One night, while seated at the computer, he caught sight of a shadowy figure passing by from his peripheral vision, despite being alone in the room. Indeed, our home has been the stage for numerous unexplainable incidents. On one particular evening, I was engrossed in an OU Sooners football game on the television. To my astonishment, the channel inexplicably changed on its own, an unnerving experience made even more so by the fact that I was alone at home. Dear Podcast, I hope the ethereal depths of this tale find you. It's an account of my life, an event that took place during a period of my existence that continues to send shivers down my spine even today. 
This narrative is about the house we used to live in, a decade-old edifice situated in a tranquil neighborhood. It was a capacious dwelling, a place where I finally had my own exclusive space. I was accustomed to sharing rooms with my younger siblings, an experience that any sibling would relate to. The uncanny penchant my siblings had for filching my belongings was quite vexing, prompting me to fortify my possessions by locking my room. My room became my refuge, a sanctuary, where I could retreat to at the end of the day. I would lock the door, whether I was leaving for work or school, or even when I was preparing to drift into the realm of dreams. The barrier ensured my belongings were safe from their inquisitive hands. A couple of months subsequent to our relocation to this new house, an incident occurred on a particular night that has since seeped deep into the crevices of my memory. On this fateful evening, I found myself retiring for the night earlier than the rest of my family. As per my routine, I secured the door to my room before surrendering myself to the embrace of sleep. However, my peaceful slumber was disrupted by the cacophony of my siblings' laughter. The sounds reverberating in my room gave the impression of a celebration taking place. I could sense the springs under my mattress bouncing rhythmically, like a silent melody played by an unseen entity, as if someone was jumping on my bed. Exhausted, I didn't even attempt to open my eyes. Instead, I raised my voice over the clamor. Get out, now! The uproar continued unabated. The annoyance prompted me to open my eyes only to see my little sister's face staring at me as I lay there. The lights were on. Infuriated, I hollered again, get out or I'm going to tell mom and dad. Her giggle echoed in the room, but the noise and bed jumping persisted. Frustration mixed with exhaustion, I decided to ignore them, turned on my stomach and buried my face in my pillow. Suddenly, I felt a chill run down my spine my body numbed and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I felt a pair of icy hands on my neck followed by my sister's voice whispering, wake up. Rage consumed me. I jolted out of bed shouting, this is the last straw. To my astonishment, the room was empty. The lights were off. I found myself alone in the room. The entire ordeal was not a figment of my imagination. I wasn't dreaming. I was tired, but conscious enough to know what was happening. This unnerving experience left me questioning, could I be under the old hag's spell? Dear Podcast, I write this letter to share an experience which I find both unnerving and petrifying. An uncanny occurrence that has left me in a constant state of fright and disquiet, making me question the very fabric of reality as we know it. You may remember a tale you shared some time ago about a person who was plagued by the immobilizing terror of a specter, finding themselves unable to move or wake. This story resonated with me deeply, not because it was a thrilling tale of horror and the supernatural, but because it bore an uncanny resemblance to my own experiences. In recent times, I have become engrossed in the study of supernatural phenomena, delving into the lore of ghosts demons, angels, and the like. As I delved deeper into these studies, certain experiences from my own life started manifesting themselves in a new, ominous light. On innumerable nights, I found myself waking up, eyes wide open, but my body completely immobilized. It was as if my body was held captive by an unseen force, 
an ethereal shackle that left me in a state of paralyzed wakefulness. I would muster all the will and strength within me to command my body to move, but to no avail. I vividly recall moments of victory where I would regain feeble control over my fingers, while my body relentlessly insisted that I succumb to sleep. I would resist. I fought to awaken from this half-conscious nightmare. But more often than not, I would lose this battle and drift back into my slumber. I even attempted to articulate my distress verbally during these episodes, but could barely manage to stir my lips into a semblance of speech. I still remember the terror of these episodes that would predominantly occur during the dark hours of the night. In those moments, I would feel the chilling sensation of invisible bonds, the unseen fetters that constrained me, leaving me helpless, yet alert. Years back, I recall sitting on the kitchen counter next to the phone, waiting for my parents to return from their dinner dates. In their absence, the house would come alive with unsettling creaks and groans. I would dial my mother's number, trying in vain to mask the fear in my voice and inquire about their return. The fear wasn't just a product of being alone, but something more, something unexplainable. Even then, I suspected that our house harbored an entity beyond the realm of the human eye, a suspicion that has now grown into a bone-chilling certainty. My fears were confirmed recently when I awoke in the middle of the night. As I glanced over my shoulder, a shadowy entity stood next to the chinchilla's cage. The initial wave of terror was replaced with skepticism, attributing the vision to a bizarre dream or sleep deprivation. But this was not an isolated incident. There were other occurrences, each time my fear being dismissed as imagination or fatigue. But now, I feel the need to seek help, to cleanse my house from these spectral invaders. As a person of faith, who wears a cross every day and holds God in his heart, I am deeply perturbed by the presence of these beings. I am desperate for guidance and strength to combat these unseen foes. So, I ask you, the learned and experienced listeners of this podcast, to help me. To share your knowledge. To guide me in repelling these spirits and banishing them back to the fiery depths from whence they came. I appeal to your collective wisdom and experience to help me reclaim my home and restore peace within its walls. In anticipation of your response, I remain hopeful. Dear Podcast, I am writing to you in a state of utmost distress and fear, and it is my sincere hope that you might assist me in finding some answers to the strange and terrifying occurrences that have been transpiring in my life as of late. When I say that something is awry, I am not speaking metaphorically. Rather, I am living in the throes of an eerie reality that is, for lack of a better word, haunting me. To begin, this uncanny journey into the paranormal started about a fortnight ago. The instigators of it all were my eldest daughter and her friend, who took it upon themselves to experiment with a Ouija board. My girlfriend, who owns the board, granted them permission to use it within our home. They proceeded to play and laugh, treating the whole process as a harmless game. But little did they anticipate the chain of events they had unwittingly set in motion. Now, it is important to note that my girlfriend had previously mentioned feeling an unseen presence in the house. She claimed that photographs I had intentionally placed face down had been mysteriously flipped face up on several occasions. 
However, at the time, I dismissed her concerns, attributing them to an overactive imagination. One day, curiosity got the better of me, and I decided to engage with the Ouija board myself. Having lost my father when I was only three and my cousin, who was also my closest friend just last year, I hoped to make contact with them. To my surprise, the board responded, and this unanticipated communication left me rather unsettled. Consequently, I decided to move the board outside of the house. After this incident, my girlfriend Emily had her own eerie encounter. While taking a shower, she heard what sounded like guttural grunting noises. I can assure you, it was not from me. These peculiar occurrences continued to escalate. At one point, when Emily was home alone and I was at work, she reported hearing the furnace making loud banging noises and the door downstairs seemingly attempting to open itself. In response, she promptly left the house and we chose to ignore the incident. However, things didn't stop there. On a particular Sunday, Emily and my daughter decided to burn the Ouija board. Yet, even this drastic measure did not halt the paranormal activity. This was evident when Emily's daughter's father came to pick her up, and as soon as she left, strange noises began emanating from my speakers at work. I quickly advised Emily to exit the house, but to leave her computer running. Over the subsequent days, we continued to communicate via instant messaging, often encountering inexplicable phenomena. The most alarming incident was when, after Emily and her daughter had left the house and she had logged out of her chat, an unknown entity seemed to take over her account. Messages such as, I am, and who's there, were sent from her account during her absence, creating a chilling digital correspondence that neither of us could explain. This inexplicable activity persisted, even when I left work and both of us returned to the house. During our time there, we received another mysterious message, one that simply read, I am. Further unsettling incidents occurred. A phone call at an unusual hour with no one on the other end, more cryptic messages like, you don't know me, occurred even when the computer was completely shut down. The incidents have escalated to the point where we are now receiving messages from our own accounts. A clear indication that something or someone is attempting to communicate with us. Needless to say, these eerie events have left us utterly petrified. I, who was once a skeptic, am now forced to confront a reality that appears to be more akin to a horror film than to everyday life. The fact that we are seemingly being contacted by an unknown entity has escalated my fear exponentially. I implore you, please, if anyone out there can help us make sense of this chilling sequence of events, your assistance would be greatly appreciated. Dearest Podcast, I am writing to you with a tale that might seem quite unbelievable to some, but it is as real as the words I am typing out onto this page. As the mother of a five-year-old named Nadine and the wife of a loving husband, Ian, I thought life held no more surprises. Three years into our blissful marriage, we decided to purchase a farm, a dream we both carried in our hearts, and we thought we had found our forever home. Our humble abode was nestled in a sprawling countryside, surrounded by an air of tranquility. The farm was a bustling hive of activity with four majestic horses, two playful ponies, eleven gentle cows, ten clucking chickens, and a host of feline companions. 
both owned and strays that sought our warmth. Days were filled with lessons in horse riding for Nadine, taught by yours truly, while Ian busied himself with feeding the chickens. Occasionally his friend Timmy would join us and they would tackle the farm work together, a task they seemed to enjoy. But as the sun dipped below the horizon, a sense of unease set in. In the initial weeks, Nadine refused to sleep alone, insisting on sharing our bed. When I questioned her about it, her response was chilling. A lady, mommy. My sweet five-year-old girl was telling me about a lady who visited our home at night. A lady who apparently enjoyed horse rides. A ghost, she said. I felt a shiver run down my spine at her words. Never had I heard of such a tale, let alone from a child of five. Determined to understand what was happening, I stayed up with Nadine that very night, keeping the television on for some semblance of normalcy. It was then when the first sign of paranormal activity occurred. Kissy, my training horse for Nadine, sounded a loud alarm from the barn. The barn, mind you, was a considerable distance from the house. But then, something even more startling happened. Nadine pointed out of the window and shouted, The lady! Racing past our house was Kissy, and upon her back was an ethereal figure. A ghostly specter, just as Nadine had described. I felt my heart pounding in my chest as I rushed to wake Ian. We stormed down to the barn, only to find Kissy exactly where we had left her for the night. But that wasn't the end. Night after night, we experienced the same haunting visits. The awakening touch, her spectral presence by our bedside, it was all too real. It was baffling to think our newly built house, devoid of any historical spectral ties, was seemingly haunted. Is it possible that our house, our dream home, is truly haunted? Or are we simply victims of our own imaginations, our dreams becoming woven into the fabric of our reality? Dear podcast, I implore you, please enlighten me and my family. Dear podcast, my husband, our two small children and I reside in a quaint little apartment in Fayetteville, a city that seamlessly blends old world charm with modern amenities. Our home, however, appears to be shrouded in an ominous veil of mystery that transcends the mundane. It's as though we are cohabiting with an unseen spectral presence, a haunting that we cannot ignore. To give you some context, we were informed prior to moving into this abode that there had been a death within its walls. The circumstances, however, were left a mystery, leaving us to dwell on the unknown, with unease creeping into our hearts within our otherwise welcoming home. Our neighbor above us, a rowdy gentleman, has always been known to create quite a racket with his raucous activities and heavy footsteps. Initially, we attributed the persistent banging and eerie thumping from above to his disruptive behavior, but soon we realized that these unsettling noises persisted even in his absence, an unsettling discovery that leaves us questioning. If it's not him, then who or what is causing these disturbances? Adding to the mystery, we've had doors slam shut on their own accord. The chill of inexplicable winds, perhaps, Yet, there was no discernible source for such drafts. In our son's room, we've placed a rather hefty toy truck as a blockade to prevent the door from being shut. I recall a day when I was in the middle of changing his diaper. The toy truck inexplicably rolled away from the door and trundled into the hallway. 
The room was devoid of any other human presence. Suddenly, the door swung shut with a loud bang, making my heart leap into my throat. Our front door seems to have adapted this baffling behavior as well, opening and closing of its own volition, defying the logic of a locked door. Our children seem to be particularly attuned to the inexplicable happenings in our home. They will often fix their gaze at the blank ceiling, as though engrossed in a scene invisible to our adult eyes. Their reactions range from laughter and smiles that light up their faces to an inexplicable terror that sends them hurtling into my arms, their screams a blood-curdling reminder of our mysterious co-inhabitant. My husband and I are not immune to these spectral encounters either. We often perceive flashes of light that dart in our peripheral vision, only to disappear when we turn to look. There's no rational explanation for these phantom flashes, adding yet another layer to the mystery enshrouding our home. The nature of these occurrences leaves me uncertain about what, or who, is sharing our apartment with us. The lease on our apartment, however, won't last forever. But until then, we are locked in this chilling dance with the unseen, our lives playing out to the rhythm of these inexplicable events. With this letter, I share with you a glimpse into our lives in this haunted apartment. I hope that our story can provide some intrigue, and maybe even some answers, to the inexplicable events we've experienced. Dear Podcast, I'm Luke, writing to you with an intense experience that has frequently resided in my thoughts, influencing my beliefs and faith. I am a Christian and my belief and faith play a significant role in the interpretation of the events I am about to narrate. Before proceeding, I would like to clarify that my intention is not to impose my perspective. It is merely a recounting of an event that occurred in my life and how I perceived it through the lens of my beliefs. At the ripe age of 20, I found salvation in Jesus Christ. I am a proud follower of the Independent Baptist Movement that acknowledges and believes in the existence of angels and devils. We prefer to use the term devils rather than demons, mirroring the language used in the King James Bible. We believe in the concept of guardian angels and are convinced that devils are drawn to symbols of occultism. Soon after my moment of salvation, my curiosity led me to explore the domain of the occult. My intention was not to indulge in it, but to understand its intricacies to extend help to the people entrapped by its lures. I strongly believe that occult practices are fraught with danger and can lead individuals astray. During the early years of the 21st century, not long after my salvation, my curiosity led me to delve into various non-canon books. My quest was to comprehend the pagan beliefs within Roman Catholicism. In particular, I pored over books like The Shepherd of Hermes, The Book of Enoch, Maccabees, and more. Although I didn't find the answers I was seeking, I stumbled upon a lot of material related to devils and angels, and the judgment of the first. This propelled me to study influential figures like Aleister Crowley. Crowley, known as a key figure in the New Age movement, is often mentioned in the same breath as Westcott, Hort, and Blavatsky. In retrospect, I sometimes wish I hadn't delved into the lives and beliefs of these individuals, particularly Blavatsky and Crowley, as I have noticed that their mere mention seems to invite unwelcome otherworldly phenomena. 
Throughout the course of my research, I sought divine protection, believing that God would safeguard me against any harm. However, I was also aware that the Bible recounts how God occasionally allows devils to torment his people. An example is the Apostle Paul's experience of being buffeted by a messenger of Satan, a trial allowed by God to keep Paul humble and reliant on him. The narrative now shifts to a particular night in Australia. Australian nights are generally warm, but this night was icy cold. An unusual sense of unease enveloped me as I lay under my thin blanket, trying to sleep after a long day of researching the occult. My room was bathed in darkness, with the only light coming from the living room. Suddenly, I was awakened by the sound of a cup being placed on the breakfast bar. I looked at my watch and it was past one in the morning, too late for my mother to be awake. That's when the true terror began. The silence hanging heavy in the air was broken by a chilling whisper, calling my name. Out of the inky darkness materialized a girl. She was beautiful and terrifying. With long black hair, pale white skin, and wearing a dress reminiscent of a christening gown. Her hoarse, guttural voice filled the air. Fear coursed through me as her words echoed, Power. You can have it. I will prove to you that I am powerful. You can have real power right now. Before I could process what was happening, I woke up. Relief washed over me as I realized that it had been just a dream. Or so I thought. The horror was far from over. The kitchen light was on, and the whispering voice returned. Suddenly, all the lights in the house went off, the alarm started ringing, and a wave of a chilling realization hit me. I quickly ran to the main switchboard, only to find that all the safety switches were off, and the house was devoid of electricity. The connection was evident to me. I had just been offered tangible power by a devil. That night, I prayed fervently for protection, remaining profoundly affected by the experience. This incident has significantly shaped my faith, leaving me more reliant on the power offered by Jesus Christ, rather than the immediate, tangible power offered by devils. Dear Podcast, In the quaint neighborhood of Brooklyn, a group of my friends decided to embark on a new chapter of their lives. They were excited, jubilant, and a little nervous as they packed their sparse belongings to move into their first apartment. The place was charming yet ordinary, with freshly whitewashed walls and hardwood floors. The apartment was quite empty, save for one item left by the previous tenants, a massive old-world couch. And here is where our peculiar narrative starts to take shape. This couch was not a mere piece of furniture. It was an entity in itself, an undeniably eerie presence that seemed to invade every corner of their new home. It added a touch of the Gothic to the otherwise modern atmosphere. And yet the strangest part of this tale was not the couch's imposing presence, but the fact that it was haunted. Yes, you heard right. A haunted couch might sound like a ludicrous concept, but every word of this account is true. Once you sat on this couch, letting your feet dangle over the edge, you would feel an uncanny sensation. A strange pressure, akin to a phantom limb tapping you incessantly, would be felt. Upon investigating, there would be nothing beneath you. Further, this haunted couch had an inexplicable aversion to beverages. Attempt placing a beer, soda, or any other drink on it, and it would invariably topple over. As if these oddities were not enough, 
the couch would emit bizarre scratching noises, and every now and then, a blood-curdling yowl that sent chills down the spines of even the bravest among us. This relentless spectral activity began to take its toll on my friends, especially poor Jenny. For lack of a better arrangement, she slept next to the couch on the floor. One night, she reported hearing soft, insidious breathing from somewhere close to her head. Turning to the source of the sound, she saw a pair of eyes, glowing in the darkness, staring at her from under the couch. This was the last straw. In the face of such unexplainable phenomena, Jenny finally managed to convince her boyfriend to dispose of the couch. She reached out to me and another friend, seeking our aid in the daunting task. We obliged, and on the day of the purge, we gathered with a sense of trepidation. As we were lifting the hefty couch, a sudden trip caused the furniture to lurch, and a thump echoed throughout the room. We put the couch down gingerly, our hearts pounding in our chests. On the floor lay the almost perfectly preserved corpse of an old brown and white furred cat. Its tail was cropped, and its body lay there in such immaculate condition that we could discern every detail, down to the individual hairs on its pelt. The shock gave way to a solemn silence. We buried the cat in the yard, paying our respects to the fallen soul. The ordeal might not seem terrifying to an outsider, but for my friends, who lived with this spectral couch for five long months, it was nothing short of a horror story. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web, capturing the moonlight in its delicate, dew-drenched threads. Until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our even-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night.